afternoon. You're tuned into a conversation of war and faith with presenter Margaret McHugh. Welcome along to today's conversation. Today, my guest is Sister Anna Andrusev, and she is from the Order of St. Basil the Great in Lviv in Ukraine. Now, I spoke to Sister Anna Andrusev during the week about the situation in Ukraine in regards to the war and, of course, in regards to people's faith in Ukraine and her own faith. At the end of this conversation, I'll be playing a song from Phil Wickham and it's called Living Hope. And it's for Sister Anna and all the sisters in the Order of St. Basil the Great in Ukraine. And of course, it's for all the religious orders throughout the world, but especially those on the front line right now in Ukraine, trying to help those who are suffering. And it's for the people of Ukraine who are finding it hard to get through this war. So thank you for tuning in to a conversation of war and faith. And again, I would like to thank Sister Anna Azdrev and God bless. I am joined by Sister Anna Azdrev and she is from the Order of St. Basil the Great in Lviv in Ukraine. Sister, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sister, would you like to tell our listeners a bit about the history of the order in Ukraine? Uh, well, our order, uh, I can say it's the oldest order in Ukraine, our order. Uh, St. Basil the Great were living in first century, but he wrote the rules, monastic rules, that I, I can say that almost every order in the world used them. So uh, he had his sister, St. Macrina, and she was uh, the one who made monastic women's uh, monastery. So, and he, he helped her a lot. And then um, we had like monasteries in Ukraine for a long, long time, but they were like separated. Uh, they, they were all, if you see the sister, everybody would say long time ago, it's Brazilian sister. But later uh, we, we started to group and then we had our own order, it's international, so we are in 12 countries uh, and our general office uh, is in Rome, but we here in Lviv, uh, we have about 20 monasteries in Ukraine, so and some of them are in Zaporizhia, so in that eastern part of Ukraine where is war, in Zhytomyr, and here in the uh, west of Ukraine and Zakarpatia. Just talk to me about when you joined the order and why. Why did you want to become a nun of the order of St. Basil the Great? Well, uh, it was four years and a half ago, uh, but when I came to the order, but uh, like six years before that, I just felt that I will go to the monastery. I was, well, I was like fighting with the God. I was saying, maybe not, maybe I will go and, you know, find a husband and I will have a family. But deep, deep inside, I knew I will be here. I will be in the monastery. So when the, that time came, I went to Medjugorje. Maybe you heard about it. Uh, so I was there and I was just like sitting. I knew that I'm going to go to monastery and I just didn't know where because it's very important. You know, there's like closed monasteries, more like uh, who's working more with the people. And I wanted to, like, I felt that, that I need the middle who's praying, who's working and who's is close a little bit. 
So I prayed. I asked Mary, Saint Mary. I just asked, where should I go? And then I heard the answer. I heard, go to the Basel Sisters in Lviv. So I did. I went there, and I'm here. So it's like that. I just want to talk about the war in Ukraine. Something which, in my time, in 2022, many people thought they'd never see. And on the 24th of February, Russia began its invasion of Ukraine. And I remember the moment I turned on the television and Putin had announced live on TV that he was starting a special military operation to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Those were his words. And also he said quite clearly that anybody who tried to intervene in the war, any other European countries, quote, they would have serious consequences like they had never seen before if they became involved in the war. So I suppose when Russia declared war on Ukrainian people, they also declared a war of hate against European countries that have now become a sanctuary and safe haven for the mothers, sons, fathers, daughters, and husbands of Ukraine. And unfortunately, that invasion triggered Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II, with more than 4.2 million Ukrainians leaving the country and a quarter of the population being displaced. So I suppose, sister, what I want to ask you is, on the 24th of February, 2022, where were you when you heard about the war that had started what moment did you receive that initial news um i want to tell you now what uh the thing is that um well in ukraine we heard that the war will maybe begin on 16th of february so it looks like uh, somebody believed and somebody not i did i believe it will begin i didn't know when but the more more like amazing thing about it that on 22 and 23 of February, we were about more than 100 um, nuns, monks, and uh, priests were in Zaporizhia. So do you know Zaporizhia in the uh, east of Ukraine, where it's like, it's very near uh, Donetsk, very near Melitopol, uh, Mariupol, so it's almost there. Can you imagine we were there? We, were, we had monastic pilgrimage, so and you can find it in the internet we're just walking around those streets and then at, on 23 at night we had a bus drive home somebody uh, used train somebody bus so we went home and that night from 23 to 24 we were on the, our road to home in the morning like two before six o'clock about six o'clock uh, we stopped for for coffee and we were like two hours to leave uh, so in, in West Ukraine, and we heard about the, the war. We heard that about the bombing, and I couldn't believe. I just couldn't believe it happening. It started. You know, it's it's so hard to believe, but like inside, I know. I, I knew it will. It will be. I knew it's happening, but with my mind, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I didn't want to believe, of course, like everybody else in the world. And uh, when we were in Lviv, uh, I remember one sister said, you know, you just wrote that road that were bombing that night. Can you imagine? So we we drive home that night, we drove home, and then it's like behind us, bombing. 
but I know about the God protection. I, I, I believe he will protect us, you know. I can say uh, it about everybody because we know, we, we saw what happened. Uh, I don't know why it's happening like that. I don't know. I was thinking I have no answer. Just God knows why it's like that. But you know why so many refugees left Ukraine? Because they know Russia, because we know our neighbor, because we still remember the history. And if you see the history, the Holocide, uh, it was on 32, 33. It was in it was the eastern uh, Ukraine, you know. So we still remember. We still know. I, I know my grandma. She said that one night when she was sixteen years old, some KGBs just came to her home, took all the family, and they drove them to Siberia. She still remember, and she was till the end of her day. She was afraid that it can happen again. And all of us, we still remember that our neighbor is not, it's like, it just, there's, I can say that, but maybe I can't, there's nothing good in there. It just, you can see the videos, you can hear the videos. Uh, you, you see now, now I think it's the time when all the world knows who is Russia and who is Russian people and what they can do. That's the same, that it, it just, yeah. I find this, shocking and hard to believe and i think you have to be in that landscape you have to be in ukraine to understand you were several hours away from bombs being dropped you were on a pilgrimage you partly maybe knew that there was danger ahead but you had to rely on your faith to carry you through and i suppose the most haunting words i heard in those 24 hours before and after the war had begun was from a news journalist on an American news channel. And she talked about how the invasion had begun, cyber attacks were happening, explosions were happening, intimidation tactics and the torture of innocent civilians had started within a 24 to 48 hour period. And there was a quote she said, and it kind of haunted me, and it was a text she had got of somebody from the Pentagon. And in that text, that person said to her, you are likely in the last few hours of peace on the European continent for a long time to come. Stay safe. And I, I just think never in my time or in, in the time of Earth I hear such strong words that you were likely in the last few hours of peace on the European continent. That really puts into context what was about to happen and what has yet to come. You know, we have lost peace and Ukraine has lost peace, but I, I admire the courage and the strength of the Ukrainian people because I actually remember in that same news broadcast, a retired Deputy Assistant Secretary of State said that the Russian military were going to overturn Ukraine and it would just be a matter of weeks before the whole of Ukraine would collapse and Russia would be taking over every part of Ukraine. And I think that person that said that was so wrong because Ukraine has fought so hard and they haven't been overturned and they are overturning Russian military much to the surprise of many people on the European continent. And I suppose it's a biased question I'm going to ask you, but had you faith in the people and in the military? Did you believe that 
Ukraine would find the strength to try and take down the arms of the Russian people to try and stop evil. Yes, yes, I do. I do believe every U- Ukrainian person, every Ukrainian, you know, not just by the paper, not just by the passport, but by heart. There's like a lot of millions of Ukrainian around the world and in Ukraine, but um, well, you still will find that the people who's not uh, you, you know, like Ukrainian by heart, but all those our military, uh, we are. If you, if you will listen to almost everyone, you will say that we will fight till death, because we still remember. Like I said, we still remember the history. Uh, you know what? 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 What is? Um, we are Ukrainian people. We are free people. What about the Russia? There is no free people. They are slaves. They were slaves and they are still are so we are free people and we will fight till death all of us all of us uh, i just <laughs> you know one of our sisters said oh you know i will take the 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 um the gun and i will shoot them <laughs> and <laughs> because we are you know because we are ready to die uh, but for me when i was thinking the same you know I was thinking, should I take the gun when the when the time will come? And you know what? I didn't feel peace in that. I didn't feel peace that I will be with the gun and I can kill somebody, you know, because it's danger. War, it's one big danger for everybody. We are not safe anywhere in Ukraine. And now we are not safe anywhere in, in the world, you know, because we don't know what will be next in Putin's head. What he's gonna do, you know? So all of us be like united, and we're not safe. And maybe that's why we are also united, because, like you said, you saw our Ukrainian people, our Ukrainian military are so strong because we were preparing. We know why we are fighting, and then we will fight till death again, again, and again. You know, all of us. And you know the history says that we were fighting till death. That's why we have so many martyrs. Uh, that's why we, during our history of independent Ukraine, we have a lot of, of martyrs, a lot of uh, U- Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. They killed a lot of priests. They killed a lot of bishops, uh, a lot of nuns from other orders. There's like, they took sisters, they, uh, they they drove them to Siberia on Moscovia, you know, so we still remember the history and uh, <laughs> we are not safe. Sister Anna, I just want to talk about the initial first days of the war. What was your first thought as an order in regards to your own safety and trying to be servants of God and servants of the people? So what were the immediate steps that you took and the order took to protect yourselves, but to offer faith, protection, shelter and security to the people of Ukraine who found themselves under sudden attack? Uh, so uh, we, th- th- uh, this monastery where I live in Lviv, it's very old monastery, more than 100 years, this building. 
uh, and we have a basement and our chronicle we read that our sisters were were uh, hiding in the same basement in the world world too you know so uh, we have like history again with the sisters between us and we are like uh, when we hear the siren so we go downstairs like to the basement and we stay there that's for us for sisters here in our monastery but uh, we have like i said a monastery in zaporizhia and two of our sisters are still there. And just the war begin, a lot of people become to come from, from east of Ukraine. So our sisters helped them, all those families. We were waiting for them here in Lviv. So they stayed in our monastery for a night or two. Then they go farther to Europe, you know? So it was like, like that all the time. And we were like, just waiting for those refugees they stayed and they go so we like our our sisters were um driving them to the border they um was was the needed neatest uh just the humanitarian you know mm-hmm. humanitarian. so uh so we have a lot of the that they are bringing from Europe to border, border to Polish border, and then our sisters bring all this good stuff here in Lviv or other cities, and then we pack them and they drive to east of Ukraine. So it's like that, and we still have in some of our monasteries we have people from uh, other cities who live with sisters. Uh, uh, some of them went abroad, so it's like that. We are helping this way. Our sister is still in Zaporizhia, so they are helping there. Uh, some of our sisters in Kyiv, and they are working with um, military and uh, with priests and with people. So, and uh, first days, what we did, we were praying. We were praying all night, all day. We were praying nonstop, all the time, you know. And um, I believe, I I know, and I believe that our prayers and the prayers of all the people around the world, because a lot of people were like writing us from around the world, you know, all our friends, the people we met before, all our sisters, they were like, we are praying, we are praying. And we were like, just asking, please pray, (laughs) because we need it. All of us, we need it, you know, and we felt it. You know, because it was, if you remember, um, the first, it's like, I don't know, maybe first week or something, there was no snow in Ukraine. And then uh, uh, they, they like, in two days there was snow and it was cold there in East uh, Ukraine and it was good for our military. So, you know, that, and we know a lot of military uh, people who said that uh, those phrases are very powerful because they know what to do. It's like Russians doesn't see, doesn't see them, uh, don't see them. And then, you know, they, they know what to do and they know how to fight. So we know the prey is very, very helpful and very, very strong. When you were in the basement with the other sisters, praying what were some of the sounds you heard nearby could you hear the sounds of missiles dropping of buildings falling to the ground uh, well here in Lviv we have been uh, bombed just once we have the sirens all the time in Lviv region we have bombed more than once maybe three or five times uh, maybe of some we don't know so it's um 
there's here in, in uh, West Ukraine, we didn't have so many, you know, bombing and we didn't have so many, I would say, murders. Uh, so it's more quiet here. It's only because this siren, we know that we're supposed to hide because our military said every time you hear the siren, you need to go to the shelter because it's very safe because we don't know where the bomb will fall. Uh, you know, before the war, we, we were talking with sisters, we said, why they will bomb our monastery? Why? Uh, the, the, if they will even bomb, they will bomb something like uh, military, you know, um, uh, arrests, something like that. But as you can see now, as we all can see, they bomb, can bomb everywhere. It doesn't matter for them. It looks like, you know, uh, no human life is... is there's no, no 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 price for it for them it's like oh okay i will kill somebody that's okay for me you know so that's that's, that's why we well the most scary thing is that we don't know him like i mean maybe we know him that he will do everything he wants so there's no war rules you know there's no war rules you talked about death and killing. You're not afraid to die. And the sisters have talked about if they had that gun in their hand, they would kill. Do you now, and in the days of the war, when the war first began, and even now, do you fear death? Me? Yes. Me, no. Me, no. I don't, I don't fear death. I don't know why I should, but I don't know why. I'm just, you know, I'm like preparing to die. Uh, you know, first, first for God, uh, second for my country, and third because it's supposed to happen. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know why, but I'm not afraid of this. Maybe because it's not so scary now. You know, it's scary because what uh, of the things they do, you know, to women, to children, to young people, that, that's scary. Everybody, you know, there's, like I said, no war rules. We don't know what they can do. But I don't know why, but I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid. Sister Anna, is there a possibility in the next few days, few weeks, that the order could be bombed or that Russian soldiers could close in and decide to isolate your order in particular isolate the nuns within the order and target you and target the sisters and target the monastery with the intention to commit genocide yes they can and we are the target uh, we are in all ukrainian church are uh, all greek catholic church all, all priests all monks all nuns are target uh, they did it before and they will do it now. So we know the danger. Sister Anna, I just want to talk about your president, President Zelensky. He has shown great courage on an international stage in his messages of hope to his people, but his messages of strength and need for assistance from European countries. I would call him the president of the century, that he is what all leaders should be he's an example of how all leaders should act would you agree that he has proven himself to be 
a worthy leader of the Ukrainian people? Yes, yes, you know, uh, I'm just listening to you and I can't imagine another way. I can't imagine he will be, he will leave the country. I can't imagine it, you know. It's like, it's supposed to be like that. And it's, yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think he's supposed to be like that, the president. And, you know, it's the person who chooses who, who says what to do, you know. So, of course, he's supposed to be here. And yeah, he's, you know, uh, it, it just, in, in, you know, it's like somebody, some, you can read that we know ourselves. But once, one priest said, we don't know ourselves. That's true, because in every different situations, we will do different things. We don't, well, we don't know what we will do, you know. If I'm saying now that I'm very strong, I'm not afraid, I don't know. I don't know if that moment come, what will I do? I don't know. Maybe I will just, uh, I don't know, be like, uh, I don't know what I will do, you know. Maybe I will be very afraid then I will even say a word. Maybe I will be so strong and so, you know, um, I don't know that I will go there and talk to them. <laughs> Just, I don't know what, well, we don't know ourselves. That That's for sure. We don't know and what we will do in that or that situations. I just want to talk to you about um, President Zelensky's visit to Buka on April the 4th, where he talked about genocide and he talked to the people of Ukraine, but he also talked to the world and to the world media. And he talked about the murder of children, the rape of women, the torture of Ukrainian citizens through strangulation by burning all at the hands of what I would call the devil's keepers. The dead are innocent victims of an external dictatorship that did not give these victims a chance to leave this earth with dignity and grace. So where do you find the strength as a citizen, as a sister of the Greek Orthodox to provide comfort to those who ask, why us? Why did God allow such evil deeds to exist in the minds of another? Uh, you know, um, once I read when the person is in pain, you can say, God, uh, you can say nothing because the person will not understand person will not hear you because she's in pain and there is a time when she's supposed to be in pain and there is a time when she will will find strength to forgive you know but it can take time one i can tell you god doesn't want it god doesn't want anybody to die that way uh, god doesn't want to be any person he created want to be so evil but let's not forget about the uh, the devil, he who wants it. And it's our choice to choose. It's, you know, that person can choose. The person who murder or raping or do other horrible things, he, she or he can choose. I can choose and every person in, in the world can choose to do bad or to do good. So it's not God's choice. It's the person's choice to do it. Never forget about the evil and never forget about the devil. He's doing it. True people. He's like, you know, God doesn't want it. That's I know for sure. 
and of course we are praying believe me in my heart all of us we are praying so much we are praying for all the people who doesn't eat food now who doesn't have food doesn't have water we are praying for everybody for all those souls we are praying sister president zelensky said something which really stuck in my mind and it showed the humanity of you as a ukrainian person and your fellow brothers and sisters he said when he was in buka dash the people who were left behind and had managed to survive asked could they get food and water for the dogs for the animals on the street and i found that just so heart-wrenching but so loving at the same time it's heart-wrenching that these people were not thinking of themselves they had seen such atrocities they were more worried about the animals on the streets starving to death because uh, that that is person that is a human being a human being loves everything the god created you know and we are who i was god uh, we are who are real human beings we are um we will not see suffering of somebody else it's very painful it's very painful to see the person suffer human being it's very painful to see those dogs and cats those animals suffering you know because it's very painful and that means you are still alive and that means you still have hope you still have love and that means that you want to help yes and and that's it should be around the world it's not only in ukraine you know it just if you're a human being with god that that's the thing you will do that's the thing you will do yes sister anna before you became a nun you were a young girl you're still a young woman i assume you're only in your 30s you look very young um you talked about your experience and how your grandmother and uh your grandmother talked about her um past or in history with russia and her experience of trauma you know at the end of the day how do you get by day to day apart from prayer how do you get by in helping yourself cope with what you're hearing and what you're seeing because you're a human being who deserves care and respect and love the same as anybody else that care and respect and love should be received and given to you and it shouldn't be based on the fact you're known that you're you know you're more entitled to that respect care and love you got it when you were growing up as a child as a teenager and now you're a nun so the girl and teenager and woman who isn't the nun how is she coping with day to day life uh well with christ <laughs> jesus <laughs> you know uh, now we have uh, in ukraine uh, we still have a fast you know uh, so it's for for people in the monastery it's kind of a hard time the, uh, when i was before the monastery it wasn't so uh, hard but here uh, it was more easy it was uh, i don't know a beautiful time the fast you know then you are uh, waiting for the easter the the when the um, when the god uh, when when not jesus reason you know but now it's not like that it's uh, in the monastery it's more hard time because we feel god's more with the fast we we feel his suffering in the cross too and uh, even now even now this war it's 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 suffering it's suffering it's it's ukrainian cross that all of us 
have on our shoulder and we're going together. Have you cried since the war began? Have you cried for the, the loss of human life? Have you cried for the cross you have to carry by hearing these stories? No, no, not really. I didn't. Uh, I, um, I, I don't know why, but I didn't. I didn't cry. I just, it just like something that's supposed to happen. It's terrible. It's terrible. But it's not time to cry. We, we can cry after we win then we can have time to cry. Now we can try to fight. This time we are fighting. And how is your family and are they safe? You have a family outside of the monastery. How is your family? Are they keeping safe? Are they alive and well? Yes, they are. My parents, they said they're not going to leave. They are staying and they are in Ukraine. My brother, he left many many years ago he married to a girl from poland so he still lived there uh, my uh, a lot of my relatives uh, they are helping uh, again with the humanitarian my godfather he's like uh, he's a doctor and he's helping the military like a doctor i don't know where he is but he's somewhere there and he's helping so it just we are here and we will fight. I suppose, what would you like the people to do in Ireland, in the UK, and in the rest of Europe for the people of Ukraine, apart from give them refuge in our country and feed them and clothe them and get them jobs? For the people left behind in Ukraine and for you, what would you like us to do for you? Uh, you know, it's because it's not only our war, it's the war before. Be, be, um, between God and devil, first of all, it's not only because of people, yes, like I said, because we chose and uh, I would ask them to pray, to pray fast, uh, to go to confession, to go to the church, to have a liturgy, to pray together, you know, together and to bring light to our world, like the, just like this. Just like this, because it's easy to give food when we have it. It's easy to to give clothes when you have a lot, but it's not always easy to give time and your prayer and your soul. So I'm asking them to go to the church, I'm asking everyone in the world pray to ask God help, forgiveness, and just to believe, to believe in God, to marry, and be thankful. For everything we have because we have a lot of good stuff in our life uh, our relatives first of all our face of a country our home that we can stay so you know people now who doesn't have home anymore but we have so we can say be thankful because we have a lot sister anna i admire you personally i've learned a lot from you in the last 30 minutes and from the way you've spoken and the strength and courage you've shown. And I suppose I just wish you the best and I hope you keep safe and you and your sisters. And I hope you will live to tell the tale of survival, of overcoming evil and war. And I just want to commend you for your strength and courage as a human being, first and foremost, and as a sister of God. And well done to you for standing strong and showing people the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm very grateful and it's very nice to hear 
that and you know before our interview i just asked god to come and i asked him to tell what i should say so it's not maybe all mine that's his words and i can tell you i'm i'm asking for a prayer too to stay strong to stay uh, straight till the end you know not only now not only here in this interview till the end till when the, the time come to be strong enough to do what i should do thank you thank you for having the difficult conversation with me and i know at one point you were going to wipe a tear from your eye it has been a difficult conversation these conversations you can cause pain but they can unite people and you know we're, we're all united and we're united with you so on the days that you feel a little weak or find it hard to carry on just think of the people all around the world who are with you to get you through thank you thank you, thank you.